The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The detrimental effects of passive smoking are irrefutable and well documented, but what about the effects of passive vaping? What might you be breathing in, standing or sitting beside your vaping companion? Well, to get some insight into this, I'm joined now by Professor Des Cox, Chair of the Policy Group on Tobacco at the Royal College of Physicians of Ireland. Good morning, Des. Good morning, Pat. Now, uh, we were all under the impression that all that comes out of the breath of a, a vapour is water vapour. Is that not so? It's emerging now that uh, passive vaping may have some farm effects for bystanders. So um, just like e-cigarettes themselves, we don't know all, all the harmful effects that they may have in the long term. Um, but certainly there are um, byproducts uh, that are emitted from e-cigarettes that may be harmful uh, to the people around them. Now, what do we know is emitted by the, the vapours themselves when they breathe out having vaped? Yeah, so um, you recall that e-cigarettes are mainly made up of nicotine, but they also contain flavourings and uh, other products that when they're uh, heated and uh, emitted uh, through a vapour, they can turn into different toxins. So those toxins can potentially be irritating to the airways of uh, bystanders. And uh, there has been some nice studies over the last 12 to 24 months showing that uh, in younger people who are around people who vape, they have been suffering from um, bronchitis and uh, cough and wheeze type symptoms. The flavourings that go into uh, the uh, vaping products... Uh, surely they have to be, if you like, approved internationally to be used as flavourings. And all that's happening to them in the vaping device is that they're heated. And of course, when we cook food with flavourings, that's heated too. This is what a lot of researchers out there are, are currently looking at. Um, the, the difficulty with doing uh, studies with e-cigarettes is that there's so many different devices out there. And um, there's uh, obviously, does it change um, your exposure to uh, and the level that are, you're consuming that, that the person is actually uh, inhaling themselves. But also if you are a, a bystander who's living with somebody who smokes or uses e-cigarettes or that you're in a car uh, with somebody who uses e-cigarettes, they're probably more, you're, you're being exposed more so than uh, somebody who's just in a bar or restaurant or restaurant or just outside. Mm. So, so that, uh, because it's not smoke, people might think that it's utterly harmless and you're suggesting that it's not utterly harmless, especially when you're in a confined space. Yes, and I think the sensible thing is because we don't know a lot about it, we should take a precautionary approach. And, and that's, you know, what we, what we do in public health is that we try and uh, protect people where there may be uh, some harm down the track. So the sensible thing would be to take the same approach, uh, you know, to and, and this is already done in a lot of premises around the country where people don't vape indoors. But I suppose where the education probably needs to be more dispensed around in the households and cars and things like that. I think especially around more vulnerable people like young children. I think it would be sensible that they're not exposed to uh, secondhand vaping. So it's uh, kind of respiratory effects that you're mostly concerned about, because if you're concerned about nicotine, obviously smokers trying to give up uh, cigarettes using nicotine patches or nicotine gums, they're getting a big dose of nicotine anyway. Yeah, so 
What we would always say to people who are trying to uh, quit smoking is that we would recommend as physicians the tried and trusted methods. So they would be the gums and the lozenges, the patches, or the uh, medicines that you can be prescribed by your GP. Because we don't know the long-term effects of e-cigarettes, and there is certainly evidence that they are harmful uh, to the user, not as harmful as tobacco cigarettes, but certainly they are harmful, that we would always recommend the tried and trusted methods. And people should, who want to quit smoking should speak to the GP or go to quit that I... Now, the, the question of giving up the habit of smoking, often people talk about the hand-to-mouth habit, which is the cigarette in the hand and then smoking, and vaping can replicate that. So if you're trying to uh, crack the habit and that's part of uh, what you're trying to beat, well, vaping allows you to do that in a less harmful way. Yeah, and you're still addicted to nicotine um, and a lot of the uh, people who are on patches, uh, they're given advice as well um, by uh, by uh, quit experts. Um, when you go on to quit diet and you go to see a, a quitting coach or something like that, so the people who use um, e-cigarettes often use them chronically and continue to use them, and they never break that habit of a, coming off an e-cigarette. And that's part of the problem here is that I think if you're chronically using e-cigarettes, there is a likelihood that you're doing some harm to your heart and your, and your lungs. And I think it, it, the doses of nicotine that are being administered through e-cigarettes can be very high, as you mentioned a lot higher than they are in some of the other products. Mm. So th- that is also uh, p- causing, uh, the, uh, are p- contributing to the, nic- the ongoing nicotine mm. dependence. Okay, so y- you say the jury is out in terms of damage to heart and lungs. However, the precautionary principle should prevail. Do you see any role at all, though, for e-cigarettes in terms of people trying to quit? Yes, so what... What we would always say as physicians is that if you're currently using e-cigarettes, that you should not go back to smoking um, because it is less harmful than uh, smoking tobacco cigarettes. Um, we would o- always recommend though, the tried and trusted methods first and foremost because we know they're safe. And there are licensed products that have been regulated by the EU medicines board and, and such. So if you're currently using e-cigarettes, certainly continue to do so. But I would uh, always say that um, you, you should be, if you're, if you're just trying to quit, you should try the other methods first. Mm. Now, in terms of other jurisdictions, can we learn from what other uh, countries have decided to do in the regulation of you know, where you may be permitted to vape and where not? So there's no legislation in Ireland on uh, vaping indoors. So you recall the workplace smoking ban from uh, the early 2000s. Vaping isn't covered in that. So certainly other countries have moved to uh, to put that in place. And and that seems like a sensible uh, solution here. And and actually, most smokers and ex-smokers are already used to moving to an outside premises to use the product. So I, I don't think it would be a big, big issue if that was put in place in the morning. And that's what other countries have, have done in the past. Uh, but I suppose the other problem here in Ireland is that it's still um, it's still legal for under 18s to uh, purchase uh, vaping products, and that legislation hasn't been put in place yet. Mm-hmm. So we're 
way behind in regards to e-cigarette legislation in this country. Professor Des Cox, Chair of the Policy Group on Tobacco at the Royal College of Physicians of Ireland. Thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.